Welcome to the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. We discuss five questions in about 10 minutes, and I am excited to introduce today Greg Johnson, who is the CEO of WebCheck Security right here in Eagle Mountain, Utah, which is where I am based as well. Greg, thanks so much for taking some time to join us today. What would you like the people to know about WebCheck Security? Well, first, thanks, Sean. It, it's an honor to be on this podcast. You've got a wonderful uh, business at, at Blue Sky Business Consulting, and uh, you've got a great thing going here. So thank you so much. Well, thank you. Uh, it's a pleasure. It's an honor. Um, WebCheck Security is a world-class penetration testing and cyber services company. Not everybody knows what penetration testing is unless they have a cyber background, but essentially it's good guys wearing white hats uh, that are certified hacking into businesses documenting very fastidiously what they find and and so that the business can get better and then debriefing that report uh, so that they can find all the holes and understand where real hackers would want to come in. So we do that, number one. Number two, uh, we do all kinds of what we call governance, risk, and compliance. We outsource high-level, really experienced uh, CISOs or chief information security officers Two organizations that, that they can't afford to hire them. And, and the interesting thing is, Sean, is that uh, over 80% of the businesses in North America can't afford to hire a CISO or they don't have it in their budgets, even in the one and two billion in revenue. So we do a lot of augment uh, in that in that area, as well as security maturity assessments. And so that's a little bit about uh, WebCheck security. Wow. I am sure that you guys have been extremely busy the last year or so with more and more things going online. But uh I'm glad things are going well for you. Oh, they well, are going great. well. Thank you. You're very welcome. Let's go ahead and jump to the questions. Share with the audience a, a success story of collaboration within a team. Sounds good. And when you asked me that question, uh, I pondered it and, and we have a recent one. So I thought that would be relevant for our, our audience. And, and that is that uh, recently, in fact, Q4 of this last year was crazy. Hmm. Every company out there needed to meet some kind of a deadline with regards to their <laughs> penetration testing or their uh, audits and, and compliance. So we were slammed. And, and at that time, we had a very large client that came to us and said, hey, we need this by December 31st. And here's the rub. They had nine web applications. You know, those are portals that you log into. And some people use QuickBooks online. That's, that's a web application, for example. Nine of those, right? A thousand internal servers that needed to be tested, um, dozens of, of uh, what you call public-facing IP addresses or firewalls, different locations and, and different things, and 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 again, they needed it needed to be done at a certain period of time. Um, what was really neat about that project is I have a, a lead engineer that's just so good with people, and uh, so good with just seeing what needs to be done, understanding the time involved. He parceled everything out, managed the reporting. Uh, the other guys did their part and they did it to perfection. You know, so I wish I had a really cool story about, you know, hey, we hit a wall and we had to regroup, but but it all went very smoothly. <laughs> uh, but I have to say it was because of the really the the expertise of Kurt and his ability to kind of pull things together and his attitude, his willingness to make the whole project um a success and uh, so we delivered and it was on time and uh and and it was exactly what we said it would be that is a great story and sometimes you mentioned something that it, 
sometimes our, our, uh, our experiences aren't necessarily meant to be flashy, just successful. And that's obviously what you guys pulled off. So kudos to you and to Kurt, it sounds like. He was the hero of the day <laughs> getting that all put together. So that's great. Question number two, I, I hear from other leaders of teams that it can be a challenge to measure engagement. Tell us your thoughts. You know, I thought about this one too, Sean, and there's so many different directions you could go with this, but you know, sometimes we focus on certain metrics and we're a very achievement driven society. Have we increased revenues by a certain percentage? Have we increased our profitability? Have we reduced expenses? Have we increased our capacity? But where team engagement is concerned, to me, it's pretty easy. Do they have passion or not? And and that's really easy to identify. It's almost immeasurable and unquantifiable, uh, you know, that element of passion. But here's here's the reality. I can tell when team members are engaged and when they're not because there are two factors here. One is production. They just go the extra mile. They meet and exceed deadlines. Or, you know, if and this happens all the time. Hey, I got the flu or my wife got the flu or something's come up, right? But they communicate that. I'm not going to be able to make this and here's why. Usually clients are okay with that. That's a sign of an engaged guy or gal that, you know, they're communicative if they can't meet the deadline. And then B, um, they provide ideas uh, and they do things that, you know, hey, I went and created something here or I created a new test for onboarding or um, I've improved our documentation. There, This might take a myriad of different forms. But to me, Sean, that's that's the test of true engagement is that passion um, measured by the production. They just get things done and they're always creating new ideas, improvements to things. I guess I could say the antithesis of that is um, people who slip deadlines and they don't communicate why they're slipping it. They don't show up or they're late to meetings. Um, things are always down to the wire. Um, and their attitude, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, as opposed to it's cool, let's go. Right. So anyway, that would be my response. Those are great Passion comments. Is, is how you measure engagement. Yeah. Great comments. And I, and I appreciate how you shared kind of the symptoms of both of uh, what, a, what a, an engaged employee looks like and what a uh, perhaps disengaged employee might look like about kind of mumbling a little bit and missing deadlines. So great comments about engagement. Really appreciate those. Question Thank number you. three, <clears throat> based on your experience, what is one key or essential characteristic of a confident leader? You know, I thought about this one too. And a lot of times you think of a confident leader as one that makes decisions and goes with it. Well, that's true. Uh, organizations that move forward need to have a leader that can make decisions. But as I thought about this one, I thought, you know, who are the leaders that I have really appreciated and that were really confident and they were the ones who took the time to listen to their employees, to their clients, and then understood that art of questioning <laughs> to be able to validate people. Um, I've been doing some coaching with a, a wonderful coach. His name is Doug Stoddard. And uh, one of the things that he's tried to inculcate into my thick head is this concept of intrinsic validation. And, and that's where you, you realize that each individual has value, each individual is important, and, and you can only really show that by 
listening to them, asking more questions and taking a genuine interest in them and their success in what they're doing. Um, anyway, that's what I would say. Those are the leaders that to me have confidence. Why? Because if you're insecure uh, that somebody's going to be smarter than you or that somebody will think you're stupid because you're asking questions or, or because they don't think you're, they, they think you need to be a power monger and you need to do things and move forward or you need to be feared. That's not a confident leader. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, that uh, another antithesis statement, an unconfident, uh, non-confident leader is one that uh, always has to exert control because they're afraid they're going to lose it. Right. Yep. <laughs> and when you get to that point, you didn't have control in the first place. So that's yeah. what I'd say, Sean, is leaders who take the time uh, to listen and validate the people that they work with. Uh, that's such a great comment, Greg, because you're absolutely right. Listening, it takes some patience. It does take humility. And yet it does exude confidence when you're willing to listen to other people, whether it's the team members, the clients, as you pointed out, whatever it is, it's uh, it's, it's almost for some people, it's an opposite feeling. They, they, they feel like, well, if I'm listening and I'm not providing answers, I'm not a good leader or I'm not confident in what I'm doing, whatever it is. But the opposite is actually true. When you take time to listen, that shows confidence that you you know that you can come up with a solution regardless of what the, the client may say. Great comments. Um, Thank you. Great question number four. If you would share an example of someone who made a difference in your life. This was a hard one, <laughs> as you can imagine. There's yeah. so many good people in your life, right? You know, I mean, my wife has made a difference in my life. Mm-hmm. My children have made a difference in my life. My dad, my mom. In fact, I'm going to talk about my dad in the next question (laughs) that you're going to ask. But, you know, I I wanted an example that was a little different. And for me, it was very poignant. So in 1982, as a little 19-year-old, right, you're just at the cusp of the end of your teenage years. And and, and as you know, Sean, we're still pretty stupid until about age 25. But uh, here I am, a little 19-year-old. I went to uh, broke out of the house and uh, went to serve a mission for my my church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I was trained to speak Spanish and, and given the uh, mandate to go and teach people in uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and also do service and, and, and other things of, of that nature that missionaries do. Great experience. Um, but you know, the, uh, the, the person that uh, made a difference was the, the president of that particular particular mission. His name was F. Doyle Child, and he taught me a great lesson one day. Um, We were in a one-on-one conversation. Now, you can think of these mission presidents. They're usually very successful uh, people. You know, they've run businesses. They And and this guy was no different. He, I think he'd owned an airline company up in Afton, Wyoming. And uh, anyway, um, so one day he said, Elder Johnson, (laughs) I can still remember the way he talked, do you know what my biggest responsibility is? You know, I'm a smart 19-year-old, so I probably said something like, well, sure I do. President, you're responsible for the missionary work in this very large state of Wisconsin uh, and northern part of Illinois and blah, blah, blah. And he paused and he said, it's you. My priority is you, elders and sisters, in this mission. And that really took me aback. It was profound. Uh, It caused me to really pause because I I felt like he deeply loved and cared about uh, not just me, but all of the young people uh, in that mission. And these were all mostly young people. There were some elderly couples, but but mostly uh, young kids that uh, 
dedicate a, a couple of years of their lives to go, to go serve. And, but yet still a lot of babysitting and, <laughs> yeah. you know, they're still growing up and, and struggling and, and with their companions and, and with others and with rules, a, a very strict rule set that you have to keep. Um, but, but it was really, a, a an interesting thing. I, my responsibility is you, mm-hmm. Elder Johnson. So to be honest, you know, um, a role like his, uh, with a lot of babysitting and herding of cats, this took real maturity, uh, and compassion. And I've never forgotten it. Um, and, and that, that really had an impact on me. I feel like in business that you do business with people that you know, like, and, and respect and trust. And fundamentally, if leaders don't know, like, and respect and trust their employees, and they can't hope to have their employees build similar relationships with customers right. uh, or they lose those employees and those employees go to work for another company that does show trust, uh, respect, uh, and, and provides a, a good culture. So anyway, F Doyle child, he had that, uh, that, uh, experience on my life, that impact. Boy, thank you so much for sharing that because boy, it sure makes a difference. And it's a great leadership principle to be able to say the people, my employees, they are the most important and my biggest responsibility to make sure that they're happy. And that's that's a difficult thing for modern CEOs to understand and implement, but clearly you've learned that lesson and you're, you're applying it in your own business, I'm sure. So that is a great comment. Thank you. Well, trying last, to. <laughs> what's that? Trying to. <laughs> well, our there's last There's a lot of, uh, as, as Stephen A. Covey used to say, there's a lot of slip between cup and lip, <laughs> right? <laughs> it does happen from time to time. We do our best to, to execute what we think is uh, supposed to happen, but sometimes it doesn't quite go the way we want, but uh, we survive and we move on to the next day and hopefully do a little bit better. But uh, well, our last question, I'm excited to hear it because you referenced your dad. Tell us about your first job. Well, this was a, this was a fun question to ponder. You know, I grew up in a small farming community, so I hauled hay and moved some sprinkler pipes seasonally with, with, with my buddies. Uh, but really my, my first, uh, long longevity in terms of, I have to say it was my dad. He, he ran a doctor's office. Uh, later on, he bought a, a, a professional building, leased one side out to a dentist and most of it he had. And guess who was in charge of cleaning the toilets and sweeping the front and cleaning the windows and, and snowing, uh, shoveling in the, in the winter and all that, that was, that was moi. I was the oldest kid. Um, and it was a good experience, but I was expected to be there. I, I remember in high school getting those calls from my dad, uh, son, you can't be at your girlfriend's all afternoon after school, you have to come to work. Right. <laughs> I appreciated that because, uh, it, 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 it taught me a lot about my dad's work ethic. And I admire that to this day. And in fact, a lot of my success, whether it's in school, at work, I, I feel like I can always just see my dad studying at night um, into the wee hours because he had a patient who he was trying to, to help. And so he'd read the American Medical Association Journal and the New England Journal of Medicine, and he'd do research. But his his work ethic was phenomenal, how he went from a small uh, you know, blue collar family to studying at the University of Utah, getting good grades, going to George Washington University for medical school. I, I admire that. In fact, I was pre-med at, at BYU and I ended up backing out because I thought I'm not getting the grades, but I also found my muse somewhere else, <laughs> which was uh, management and sales and talking to people. But uh, so that's okay. But boy, just 
that was my first job. And I've talked too much, but uh, I eventually ended up uh, doing lab work, developing x-rays, taking x-rays, doing some phlebotomy. Uh, it was a great experience. Great experience. You couldn't get away with that today, by the way. <laughs> right, right. I hear that from a lot of guests, actually, that the first job that they did when they were younger, couldn't do it at the same age or the same way or anything like that. So, well, Greg, thank you so much yeah. for being on the podcast today. How can people find you? <laughs> well, thank you for asking. Um, you know, if they go to webcheckSecurity.com, there's a lot of information about us. Uh, but if they'd like to get in touch, just think of the email address, get in touch at webcheckSecurity.com. So that's get in touch at webcheckSecurity.com and, and we'll respond in a GIF. That's great. Thank you. This is Sean Richards with the Team Engagement Podcast, where leaders of teams share their insights. For more ideas, you can go to teamengagementpodcast.com. Again, teamengagementpodcast.com. And we also encourage you to subscribe to the podcast or the YouTube channel. Thanks so much for joining us. Have a great day.